This episode is brought to you by G2A. With so many digital storefronts to choose from these days, it can be difficult to find the best bang for your gaming buck. G2A has been helping to solve this problem since 2013, offering over 75,000 digital gaming products in one easy-to-navigate marketplace. Looking for some awesome electronics, geeky gadgets, or quirky collectibles? G2A has you covered there as well. And the best part? It all comes with steep discounts you won't find anywhere else. See the deals that you've been missing and let them know that we sent you by visiting bit.ly slash rhpg2a. That's b-i-t dot l-y slash rhpg2a. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 41 of Retro Hangover. Internet, welcome back to your favorite podcast, at least I hope it is, where we will be shooting sticky strings sprung from spiders saying soon, stricken with shortness of life, I soon will swoon Stark. This is the Retro Hangover Podcast, episode 41, and I'm your core host, Chris Copleen, always with your host, Shane, Dick Dragon Avenger. Koski. All right, that one's an improvement from from the last episode. I, I can be a Dick Dragon Avenger. I don't want to bring up what the last one was because we we already covered that, and I feel like it doesn't deserve it. But let's just say this one's a step up, so I'll, I'll take it. That's good. Uh, I I should have said Dick Dragon Thanos Grippy. <laughs> D- yeah, D- Dick Dragon Gauntlet. Uh, we might need to workshop that one a little bit or maybe uh dick dragon one ball because thanos <laughs> thanos took the other one great okay well now this is getting worse i should have never brought it up <laughs> so um what have you been up to shane oh you mean in the last like 20 minutes since we recorded the other episode dude so much i drank water uh i pl- i played castlevania symphony of the night for like 15 minutes wow it's been it's been busy I was just I gotta be honest. I was just you. gonna say I'm still kind of worn out from that run I did two weeks ago. <laughs> that's yeah. That that's just life in general. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still waiting on Bloodstain. Those bastards. God damn! How dare they not release it already? Yeah, it's been two weeks since I complained about it. See, I like how you're trying to keep up this like charade that this is being recorded at a later date, and I'm just like, no, it's not. We must we must not break the immersion. We must maintain the fourth wall is down, continuity. Chris. The fourth wall. Deadpool's not on this podcast. All right, we might talk about him today. He should be, but though. he's not on this podcast, so there is no fourth wall breaking, Shane. You never well, break fine. kayfabe. Never break kayfabe. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna be real with the audience here for a second, and uh, and I'm gonna go ahead and break that down. I'm breaking barriers. I'm connecting with people, Chris. That's what you got to do, man. And uh. I'm here to tell you that we had to record two of these episodes back to back because it's pretty much my fault. Uh, 
<laughs> but for good reasons, though. Um, I, I, me, and and the misses, the 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 other half, are going to be um, out of the country for about two and a half weeks. So we wanted to make sure that we uh, kind of upheld our half of this here bargain, where we put out regular content for you fine folks. And in order to do that, we had to record these things uh, on the same day. So. So that's that's kind of where we're at with that. And you may wonder, where is Shade going to be? Transylvania. Well, that's a good question, and I'm glad you asked. Oh. Yes, I will be traveling to the distant land of Transylvania, um, where I have been invited by a certain count to stay at his abode. I hear it's a castle. It seems very luxurious. I thought it was a real estate thing. He have a, well, it, it it was yes, it oh. was a real estate thing. But he was looking to purchase land in London, and so they had to send uh, Mister Harker there to speak with him. So, oh, I thought they're yeah. sending you there I, to speak. Uh, well, I like to speak in the third person. Oh, well, I yeah. guess uh, you have multiple personalities now. In any case, yep. Where will you be going, Shane? For realsies. Uh. I'm, I'm so. I mean, some of that might actually not be too far off, but we're oh. we're actually going to be doing sort of a, a Scandinavian tour. Um, so for for those of you that don't know, I'm pretty much like about fifty percent Finnish as part of my heritage. Um, the other half is mostly French Canadian. I mean, obviously there's other stuff mixed in there. I'm not that directly off the boat or anything, but. By and large, that's kind of the, the rough approximation. So From the distant land of to, Canada. That's right. So I've always wanted to go to Finland um, to kind of see see my roots, I guess. And um, so we're finally going to be able to do that. And, and we're, we've got two and a half weeks because that's about how much time I can take off from work. And we're going to be hitting Norway and Finland and Sweden. And then we're also throwing in uh, some bonus content in there, some DLC to the trip. Is it behind um, a paywall? Yes, actually. <laughs> All of this shit's behind <laughs> a paywall. This trip is very fucking expensive. Uh, you don't get it but, all for $60. What a ripoff. Yeah, I know. They dice it up into pieces and you got to pay for all of it. It sucks. But um, we're, we're going to be taking a couple days to also hit up uh, St. Petersburg, Russia while we're there, which is going to be cool. He has information he needs got, to drop off. Yeah, um, I, I do, but keep that you know keep that between us and you told me it was to help make the great. internet. You told me it was to help make gaming great again. That I mean that is always the goal. Oh yeah, and then outside of that, we've also got a, a day trip to um, Estonia actually because it's very very close to Finland. It's like right across the water. It's like a two hour ferry ride. So there's a nice little quaint town on the coast of Estonia that we will be visiting for a day. So. Lots of stuff to do. We've got a lot of stuff planned, um, and I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be totally exhausting because we're spending no more than maybe three days at most in any one place for the entire time because um, we want to hit as much as we can. But but I think it'll be fun. So so that's what I'm up to. No no Denmark. You, no Denmark. No no Denmark. There were I mean there was stuff we had to end up cutting out. I mean we also wanted to do. Let's see. Well, there were there were at least a couple others. I would have liked to have tried to fit in Iceland as well, but um, kind of no dice on that one. There's a possibility that we could have flown into Iceland because a lot of international flights kind of go through um, Reykjavik anyway. But it turned out that it would have been better for us to go through London and then connect into Bergen. So that's what we're doing. So no Iceland this time. Uh, no Denmark. But 
I think we've got some pretty good coverage. And, yeah. You know, that'll that'll leave us for some some other destinations at a later date. I know I know some people in Denmark. Ah. So you 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 too are attempting to make gaming great again. That's Russia. So, so. You can only do that in Russia. Um but they had an extra like vacation home they don't use too much. And that's why I was asking because, you know, I could have asked if you could use that place. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind for, you know, next time. Yeah. I, I have the connection to Denmark. And by the way, Danes, from what I understand, Danes don't consider Finland to be part of Scandinavia. <laughs> okay. Well, I am not even going to get into that, like, geopolitical argument. That's that's from the Scandinavians. They don't like Finland, apparently. I don't know why. Well, that's okay because the Finnish basically don't like anybody else i think that's part part of where my personality comes from is like i'm perfectly fine with just being left the fuck alone like that's one of the things that i've read about people visiting finland that kind of puts them off particularly like americans or or other countries where people are perhaps a little more friendly um is that Finns are not necessarily like unfriendly they're just very like insular people i guess for the most part so like you won't ever see them talking to each other randomly in the checkout line at the grocery Uh store for example where you would totally get that here like in the southern u.s and i fucking hate it uh uh, stop talking shit about the south it's fantastic i will talk shit about the south all i want florida is best state oh god you are literally the only person that's ever said that ever no best state florida's best i've lived in other i've lived in other state this one is much better than that one that Okay, sure. Much, much better. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll be doing some traveling too in the next couple of weeks. Uh, by the time this episode airs, I would have spent a week in Texas. And I think by the time this episode airs, I would have spent a week in Tennessee. So I have a lot of travel coming up. I'm going to be all over the states uh, in these next couple of months. So that should be fun. Uh, nothing as exotic as Norway. So enjoy mm. that. I mean, I would. I, I intend I'm, to. I'm, I'm actually quite jealous, so I'm going to just be bitter and resentful towards you <laughs> and hate on you. But um, That's fine. Yeah, I'll probably be doing a lot of college courses because I'm taking two courses at once right now like a dumbass. But, you know, I'm progressing closer and closer to getting my degree, which is still going to take me about a year. But, you know what? I'm almost there. Well, there you go. Yeah. Good on you. So that's what I'm doing right now. Over the past two weeks, I've been doing college, and I haven't had enough time to finish golden sun mm. yes you know i we mentioned that in the last episode too or or you did anyway and mm-hmm. um that reminded me that maybe someday i will actually go back and finish that game because i well i think i still have it i i had a copy of it and i had actually played through quite a bit of it but i never actually got around to completing it mm. so maybe i should do that someday and uh we'll see it's a good game, though. Another thing I need to bring up, too, about... I brought this up last time about all the music being the same. If you play Camelot mm. RPGs, uh, they're really similar, too. Beyond the Beyond is a lot like Golden Sun, which is a lot like Shining the Holy Ark. Mm. And they're all three on different systems. I don't know why they didn't bring... Well, they did bring those elements to Mario Tennis, now I think about it. They do have, they do have RPG elements in, like, tennis and golf, don't they? For the, for the N64. Dude, 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 I don't know. I never actually played those. All right. Once again, I'm going well off the beaten track. I'm very good at that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, this week, uh, we are going to be exploiting the fact that some Marvel game is coming out. I think Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is coming out. So we are going to exploit that and we are today are going to be talking about Marvel Ultimate Alliance, right Shane? That is correct. Yeah. Um, MUA3, uh, The Black Order. Um, actually I think by the time this is airing and 
you fine people are listening to it, um, it will already be out for all of your modern gaming systems. Mm -hmm. So hopefully it will have turned out well because I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, but kind of in, in, in honor of that being released, we figured it would be good to go back and, and talk about the original. So before we kind of launch into our usual kind of brief history of, of the topic, Chris and I kind of wanted to quickly touch on what retro means to us, because some of you that are listening right now may be wondering why the hell we're talking about a game that originally launched on a, on an Xbox 360 or a PS3, and that's valid. But uh, also, what we need to keep in mind is that this game was actually released in 2006. For so, any anyone who cares, when this game was released, George W. Bush was still your president. Yeah, just to you know, kind of put things into context. So, so going forward, as the Retro Hangover podcast kind of touches on you know more and more things in in the gaming world. We kind of are our sort of like barometer for this is that anything that is a decade or more older is pretty much fair game for us to talk about because at that point we kind of just it, I mean it is retro at that point in in our opinion. So um so that's why we're talking about Marvel Ultimate Alliance today and then we've got some other episodes planned for later in the year where we will also be kind of touching on some things that are a little bit newer than some of the stuff that we have traditionally talked about. We've been very much into the like, you know, 16 bit and then like sort of beginning of 3d era for a lot of our content. And so we're going to be kind of branching out into some of the more relatively recent stuff. And by relatively recent, we mean a decade ago, like 14 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think a, a one of the things we were talking about, too, when it came to this topic, because I know there are going to be people out there that says the Xbox 360 isn't retro. Well, hold on. Hold on. Y you really got to think about it and, and how it's how, how it's portrayed. I know I don't want to beat this up too much, but think about like I was born in 1985. And if you were born in the same time frame, stick with me here. Two weeks ago, we talked about our last episode. We were talking about uh, Castlevania Symphony Night House released in 1997. So if you were 12 years old in 1997, and you still happen to play Nintendo games. People asked you, what do you play? Uh, you play video games. First of all, we didn't like talk about video games then because we get beat up. But when the people they would ask you, <laughs> do you play video games? And you're like, yeah. And they'd ask you, well, what do you play? If you said Castlevania for the NES, they'd be like Duck Hunt. They'd be like, whoa, dude, you're old, old school. Even though Castlevania, the original was released in like 1986, 1987. So it is only 10 years prior to 1997 that game was released. And people would be like, whoa, you play really old games. It's the same concept. And we understand that it, now it's harder to maybe because we're adults, it's harder to compartmentalize that idea that a 10 year old game is an old game or 10 uh, something within a, gen, a console that was like released less than like still in production 10 years ago. But it is a long time. And it's just it's I know there's probably a lot of you that don't care. They're like, yeah, we get it. It's old. Shut up. So in that case, we'll shut up <laughs> and we're going to be moving to the brief history. But I just wanted to make my point. So, Shane, why yes. don't you please take us away with the brief history of Marvel Ultimate Alliance?
not yet consumed by an oversaturation of superhero films, one game will stand as a means for true believers to play as their favorite Marvel heroes, button mashing their way to victory over the forces of darkness. From the heights of a shield helicarrier to the depths of Atlantis, these powered protectors of peace will bring swift justice to all evildoers, no matter where they may hide, even if it means fighting themselves. Coming fall of 2006, you won't want to miss the multi-platform action RPG event of the year, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Sometimes all you really want to do as a gamer is sit back, turn your brain off for a bit, and pummel some bad guys. Action RPGs are, generally speaking, perfect for this very scenario. You get all of the positive reinforcement of character progression and skill choice while not having to think too hard about deep strategy or tactics. Having a game with these qualities that also demonstrates a respectable use of the Marvel Comics license? Now that sounds like something worth taking notice of. Marvel Ultimate Alliance is an action role-playing game developed by Raven Software and published by Activision. It is set in the aforementioned fictional Marvel Universe, featuring several of its iconic characters, locations, and items. This would not be Raven Software's first crack at an action game set in the MU, however. By this time, they had already had X-Men Legends and its sequel, X-Men Legends 2 Rise of the Apocalypse, under their belts. MUA sees players selecting teams of four from a roster of more than 22 playable characters, several of which might be unlocked through gameplay allowing for the creation of custom groups or recreation of famous Marvel teams, some of which actually provide synergy bonuses. With their heroes chosen, players begin the game by attempting to thwart an attack on S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier UNN Alpha, orchestrated by Doctor Doom and the Masters of Evil. From there, players undertake several missions provided by Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D., tackling everything from mass mind control to the imprisonment of gods all while battling a bevy of notable Marvel villains, including Modoc, Mysterio, Mandarin, Rhino, and Doctor Doom himself, to name but a few. The game, which had an internal working title of Marvel Comics RPG, was eventually released on a rather large number of platforms at various times. Most of these were developed using Vicarious Vision's Alchemy Engine, which had been purchased from the now-defunct Intrinsic Graphics in May of 2003. The primary versions of the game, and those that would be released first, were developed by Raven Software for the Xbox, Xbox 360, PS2, and PS3, and released in North America on October 24th of 2006. Vicarious Visions simultaneously ported the game to the PlayStation Portable, or PSP, and the Nintendo Wii, while then-independent development house Beanox would tackle the PC version. The Game Boy Advance version of MUA was significantly different from the rest, being developed by Barking Lizard Technologies in their Whiptail game engine. Most notably, the GBA title was a side-scrolling beat-em-up with simplified graphics, a severely reduced hero roster, no co-op play, and extremely light RPG-style elements. Among the various ports of the game, there were a few key differences. To start, 
there were a number of platform-exclusive characters, as well as those only available as purchasable DLC packs, though these would eventually be bundled into future releases of the game. Additionally, the PSP version of the game included six exclusive comic book missions, a prequel mission, and three new single-player gameplay modes. All told, Marvel Ultimate Alliance would boast over 140 characters from the Marvel Universe, with each playable character having three on additional unlockable costumes. MUA would release to critical acclaim, garnering an average Metacritic score of 80%, as well as several industry awards, including Wizard Magazine's Video Game of the Year, IGN's Best Story in a PS3 Game for 2006, and GameSpot's Best Use of a Creative License in 2006. The game would also spawn a sequel that closely followed the events of the Civil War story arc, released on September 15th of 2009, and a third installment for modern gaming platforms in 2019 known as Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order. And that is your brief history of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. All right, thank you, Shane. That, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that this game came out really before the Marvel Cinematic Universe even kicked off with Iron Man. Yeah, it's kind of like at this point, I kind of feel like we we live in a world where we in have a world. never, <laughs> yeah, in a world where we've never had you know where we we've never not been without like a, a Marvel universe. So it's it's weird to think that there was a time before that. Now I actually think it's for the betterment of the game that it, 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 that those movies weren't out yet. Oh, you mean so that it doesn't get compared to it and comparatively kind of looks like garbage, like maybe some game that might be coming out sometime soon. Uh, yeah. And I'm not going to, let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, the Avengers game from square Enix, uh, you may have a different opinion out there, listener, but myself and Shane think that game looks really weird. Oh God. So the best, and I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but I, I sent it to Chris and, and actually our, our patron, uh, in our discord chat, which you can join too, if you become a patron, uh, there was an article like immediately after the E3 presentation of that game where someone had just said that, like, it's really great that, you know, the, the really shitty knockoff Marvel art from like traveling carnivals is finally getting used in a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it did not hold back uh it seems like well the, the new game withstanding that's what was so good about this old game it, it could rely more on the comics because mm-hmm. like let's like look at marvel marvel ultimate alliance 2 right which wasn't as well received which sure focused more on like the avengers of course now i didn't play avengers uh ultimate alliance 2 so i might be way off base here but i know it wasn't as well received i know it was kind of weird uh, I think they tried to go toward the Civil War civil uh, storyline in the comics. Uh, but mm-hmm. what you see with Ultimate Marvel Ultimate Alliance is all, you know, all characters were available for use. And if you have been kind of out of the comics game, but you had a passing familiarity with the comics, kind of like I did, like, oh, I know X-Men. I know Spider-Man. I know the Fantastic Four. There's all these other characters that are pretty much, for the most part, given, I wouldn't say equal screen time, but equal importance. There wasn't one character prioritized over the other one. Like you had a character like Moon Knight, which probably no one knows about that. I found extremely fun to play and absolutely no one knew who Deadpool was at the time. And he was also another really cool character to play as. And I don't think if this was released or developed after the uh, MCU started really taking off, we would have those same experiences that we did then. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, yeah, it's funny that you bring up the thing about maybe lesser known characters and, and things like that is because there, there are also some really great, like <laughs> some very like deep cut, like villains in this one that, um, I don't think unless you are familiar with the the Marvel Comics series, you'd really have any idea who they were. And 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 again, this is purely subjective because I'm saying this because I totally didn't know who they were. But like you've got people in there like Radioactive Man or like Arcade um, or the Gray Gargoyle who I'm sure if you're a fan of Marvel Comics, you're just like, uh, yeah, fucking of course. But me having that aforementioned passing familiarity with with the, the Marvel universe. Um, I had no fucking idea who these guys were, but they were presented in a way, um, such that they were maybe not equal, but pretty much just as important as a lot of the other villains that were much more recognizable. So I think that's cool. So there's something there for the, the more, you know, casual fans like us, but then there's, um, definitely a lot of stuff in there that really speaks to more of the, the, the hardcore fan base, which I think is good for sure. Yeah. And I quickly looked it up. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 came out in 2009. So it wasn't completely affected by the MCU's complete popularity boom. Oh, yeah. No. So going back to it. OK, so we saw what the MCU did do to other series like Marvel versus Capcom, mm-hmm. where Marvel versus Capcom 2 had like a roster of 512,000 characters, right? Um, just a shitload of characters, right? I don't have the exact number, but so many characters. And then you get to Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and you can all of a sudden see the focus on the different characters. Because by the time Marvel uh, vs. Capcom 3 came out, you started – the MCU started to become more and more popular. Now move mm-hmm. into uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity or whatever the fuck it was called. And the game tanked and it bombed. And the biggest reason for that is because they weren't really incorporating the X-Men as they used to. Or they weren't incorporating, you know, the fan. But I don't think they ever incorporated the Fantastic Four into the Versus series. But there's a lot of series they didn't implement. And they focused on, like, the lesser known ones like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. Because that was popular in the movies. Where you go back to 2006 with this. And there are no movies. You can take everybody. And they're all there. And it's just so much better. Uh, so hopefully it looks like the new game coming out is going to follow in that tradition of just throwing everybody into it. And that's why I'm excited for it, as opposed to the other Avengers game coming out further down the line. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and that is a good point, too, because it's weird how I guess in a way Marvel or the Marvel properties that aren't the MCU kind of became a victim of of their own success. Right. Because like they were all in in a sort of unspoken way kind of constrained by the the goings on of the cinematic universe as you were saying mm-hmm. where like it almost felt like a lot of developers either were afraid to include other characters or 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 perhaps not include the the more quote end quote important ones um, and so that that would, you know, you'd have more of the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy and all those guys in there to the detriment of, you know, perhaps some other characters that would have maybe been more interesting. But instead, they were kind of beholden to, you know, what was going on in the, the cinematic um, cinematic realm, which as much as I like the MCU and I do, I think with 
the Avengers stuff kind of coming to a little bit of a close now, at least for the time being, I'm hoping maybe that gives a little bit of breathing room for some of the other sort of tertiary media outside of the the films to have a little bit more freedom to do some more of these types of things. Um, well, and Disney also just, owns a lot everything of it comes now. down to like the licensing shit too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason why you don't have the X-Men mixing in with the rest of the Marvel universe, which people have been complaining about for years. And that's because when Marvel was hitting a, a tough spot, you know, well, what is it? I guess almost two decades ago now. Yeah. Um, they started farming out their licenses to basically whoever would buy them just because they needed the money. And so like, that's why Sony ended up with Spider-Man and um, was it Fox? I think has Fox X-Men, had X-Men. Right? Yeah. And, or had anyway. And, 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 and so the fantastic that's why you ended up with this like fracturing of the Marvel universe. And they've been spending all this time now that they've gotten to a better place trying to bring all of this back together. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that we're, if we're not there, then hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be there soon. But yeah, at the time of this game's release, it's not like uh, there wasn't Marvel movies that were already out. We had already had the three X-Men movies. I think, can't remember if we had the third Spider-Man. I think we did, the Sam Raimi series. So Marvel was on the conscience of everybody uh, during that time. Uh, it was popular. You did have the, you know, kind of the nostalgia at that point with the X-Men TV series and Spider-Man TV series. So you did help have those aspects going on, even if you didn't have the MCU. That's true. Yeah. But, um, well, and actually it's funny. I I like that you brought up the part about like the X-Men animated series. Cause one of the things that stuck out to me and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, but stick with me on this Mm -hmm. that I really liked about this game was just the fact that they got the same voice actor from, uh, for Wolverine from the cartoon, Steve Blum to also play Wolverine in the game. Yeah. Um, which is which is awesome. Like he because of the fact that we grew up during that time, like you, you tend to associate certain people with roles or certain voice actors with roles and for for me that's definitely like he is Wolverine as far as like the animated stuff goes. So that was that was a cool get for sure. Oh, he's he's still the the voice I associate with Wolverine if I ever see Wolverine animated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I I I said specifically like the cartoon because obviously like, you know, the cinematic version is um, Hugh Jackman. The there we go, Hugh Jackman. Holy shit, I couldn't believe I can remember his name there. But uh, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. So um, so all right, let's let's go into this a little bit. And typically, what we like to do, of course, is talk about kind of our personal experiences with it. So um, I guess I'll I'll go ahead and start. Uh-huh. It is becoming evident to me that this is a trend in, in my life. Uh, that I come to a lot of these things like after the fact. So quick little story. I didn't actually own an Xbox 360 for quite a long time. Uh, I actually bought into that pretty late in its life cycle. Like I think there was only a couple of years left before the, the Xbox One got released. So I came in super late. Um, that, that was a period of time where I wasn't doing any console gaming whatsoever. I was purely PC with, with the exception of maybe breaking out like my old super Nintendo occasionally or something. So, well, okay. And, and the Wii, I guess we'll, we'll count the Wii also, uh-huh. but, but by and large, I wasn't really doing a whole lot of console stuff. So the, the 360 was actually kind of me 
kind of diving back into that realm. And so this was one of the first games that I picked up. Uh, so I went and bought a pre-owned 360 from GameStop. And while I was there, I also grabbed a few pre-owned games. And by this point, of course, there was like a greatest hits version or whatever of this. So I um, I grabbed this and um, there's a couple other ones that I got at the same time. But um, But this is one of the first games I actually played for the 360. But it was like, way later than when it first came out. But even even still, it was uh for me it was it was a good one to kind of step into just because I I've I I like action RPGs quite a bit. Of course, I've said this before on some of our previous episodes that Diablo is a big part of my my gaming history, so ARPGs are kind of close to my heart, so this definitely was right up my alley. So that's where I kind of came into this. Um, were, were you, did you play this like when it first came out or, or where were you at? I wouldn't say I played it when it just came out. So this, I mean, I hate to say just the 360 because it did come out on the Wii and the PS2, if I'm correct. But the 360 was the system I, of course, played it on. So I didn't have a 360 at the get either just because I didn't care much about the Xbox uh, I kind of thought the 360 was going to be a flash in the pan again, and it wasn't, and it was a lot cheaper than the PS3, and of mm-hmm. course that was the obvious option, and I could actually find one unlike the Wii. So um, <laughs> true. I got a, I got a 360 uh, shortly after I came back from my deployment. I was on a deployment from uh, 2006 to 2007, and uh, because of the platform I was on, I came back from deployment with quite a bit of money in the bank, so I was like, okay... Uh, now's the time to get an Xbox 360 and uh, go ahead and like get an HDTV and do this do this noise, right? And of course, the games I got right off the bat were like Gears of War, and uh, I saw the game Marvel Ultimate Alliance and like, oh, okay, I'll get this Marvel Ultimate Alliance game. And I didn't know anything about it because I hadn't played the X Men Legends games. Um, I just saw it was a Marvel game, and like I said, nostalgia for you know the Marvel games back in the day with. Um, the cartoons that we grew up with Spider-Man and the X-Men and of course the X-Men movies and just kind of being a casual nerd. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll get this Marvel game. And I ended up really, really enjoying it. Um, obviously or else we wouldn't be making an episode on it. Cause I think it's a little, I think it's a little bit more of a deeper cut, but one of the things that was great about it is I, I really got involved. I really got deep in with the game, getting all the outfits for all the characters, something I didn't typically do. I was typically I'm going to go beat the game and that's it. But I'd be very focused on doing all the side missions uh, for each individual character. I'd be very focused on getting all the costumes. I think this is the actually the first game I've ever had where I actually paid for DLC and I got the villain pack for the 360, uh, something I never you had paid done for dlc i know i paid for my, extra content onto a game that was digital only so um, and it wasn't even horse armor no no yeah i know what was i thinking but um no right it's actually only it's one of the few times i actually paid for dlc because to this day i really don't pay for dlc if a game has dlc it can go fuck itself for the most part but in this case i did it and um just because i was like i want to play as these additional villains just because it added that much more to the game and there's actual achievements for that DLC that was part of the game, which I thought was really cool. Or you could put characters in different situations. But at the end of the day, it was just like I knew enough about the Marvel Universe where I could have a good time with everything that was available. And if I didn't have a question like 
my wife would know exactly what that character was. And that's what I found really cool, too, is like, oh, OK, like it's a game that we can both get into, um, which wasn't really common because we don't have the same taste in games, really. So that was uh, really enhanced the experience. So, yeah, it was a game, of course, didn't look the prettiest at the time, but because, of course, Gears of War, when it came out, was absolutely stunning and gorgeous and unbelievably good looking. And then you have Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which I actually ended up having a lot more fun with. And it's probably because my background in action RPGs, just enjoying those, just RPGs in general. But I was playing essentially a game that could and was released on the PlayStation 2 and Wii with the with their technical inferiorities and having more fun with that than the brand spanking new beautiful HD games. Yeah. Actually, you mentioned that. That reminded me that I think Gears was also one of the things I ended up picking up when I when I got my 360. Well, yeah, also, had fun fact. Well, well, yeah. But fun fact. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna get personal here for a second. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it's funny that you were you were saying that you got it like once you got back from your deployment. So you would you would say that like you got your Xbox 360 like right around a time where you had a, a somewhat major like change in your life, right? You were coming back from deployment. That That's a fair assessment, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I too got my 360 right around a, uh, a somewhat significant change in my life. I got my TV and my Xbox 360 and everything uh, after my divorce. That was my, you know what? I got the whole house to myself. I'm going to buy myself a damn Xbox. <laughs> and so that's exactly what I did. And um, I got to be honest with you. I had a good time. So. <laughs> it's an easy distraction, so, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that Yeah, well, that's well, that, that that's probably part of it, too. Yeah, it is. It, it was a good way to. Um, to get get lost in a in a virtual world, which I certainly did. That and um, setting up my my PC to hook up to my TV in my living room and play World of Warcraft on a, a giant big screen. Uh-huh. Also, so it was good times. It's good times. Well, what about gameplay? What did you think about the gameplay? Yeah. So by and large, I enjoyed the gameplay quite a bit. Um, I will say that there are a few things. I've got some minor quibbles. There are times where it can be difficult to navigate uh, in this game. And part of that, I think, is just symptomatic of the era of, of game that this this was in, but also, to a certain extent, the, the isometric view that the game takes. Uh-huh. Because it's a, it is a 3D game, but you are taking that, like, you know, raised behind the shoulder angled view of things there are several instances where it can be pretty difficult to actually see what's going on one of the biggest offenders of this one in my opinion is the atlantis area which you kind of end up hitting fairly early in the game Uh and and this is kind of compounded by the level design also for for atlantis where you know this this is a fairly linear action rpg it's not like diablo where things are randomized it's all preset levels and mostly it's kind of going down one hallway to another which is fine but it's in that level in particular it's really hard to tell what is and is not a traversable part of the terrain because you're basically running through a bunch of sea trenches and so you're never sure whether you can actually cross over a certain part of the wall or not, because there are some areas where you do. Uh So this might just be more of my complaint about the Atlantis section in general, but I found that to be a little aggravating, but um, the combat and stuff, 
uh, I found to be uh, largely pretty enjoyable. The characters all have, uh, you know, unique abilities that they can use. And even with a rather large roster of characters, I think they did a pretty good job of differentiating most of them to where mm-hmm. no, no two characters necessarily play exactly alike. I mean, like on some level, everybody's kind of, you know, just beating up a bunch of dudes, but really your, your specials that are mapped to like your different, the buttons on the controller, like the face buttons, um, those usually differ enough that every one of them plays differently. So that's good. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on it? I think you made a really good point. And something that was interesting about the game is even though they had this bereft of characters, just so many characters in the game itself, they each had their own unique personalities. I never really found it difficult at any point. I just kind of like the fact that, you know, you beat people up and then you kind of do your super move and you kind of reset and just, you know, manage, manage your teammates. Well, uh, I like the team mm-hmm. aspect. I, I did like that. I like the fact that you could switch between them uh, pretty much whenever you needed to. But I never really felt like the game was like if I died, it wasn't something I couldn't overcome. Right. I could come back and I knew right. that I could come back and I, I could defeat it. Um, so I didn't get too frustrated. But at the same point, it wasn't a kind of game that just was a just automatic walk for the park. Now, a lot of people say, well, it is for them. Well, you know, screw, go screw yourself. It gave me enough challenge to keep me interested. So, um, <laughs> but like, that's, that's why I found interesting. Like I knew that it was, it, it's not overly difficult. It's not, it, it's mindless fun in the, in the same way that a beat em up is. But once you really learn the mechanics and once you learn what to do uh, and how to handle and take advantage of each character, then the game itself kind of falls in place and you're able to manage what you can do in the game to a much greater extent and i i that's something the game deserves to very very good credit uh that's something you see in a lot of other games even beat em ups of the era is differentiating between characters yeah for sure and i think that there is that sort of spectrum of difficulty in there i mean granted i mean keep in mind that there are difficulty levels you can select when you start the game too so you've got that available to you but for the most part, you can either, if you want to just throw a team of four together of your favorite Marvel characters, regardless of their origins, just because you like them, you can totally do that. Uh And that's fine. And you should be able to play through the whole game uh, if you want to do it that way. Or, you know, as I mentioned in the the history, you know, you you can also kind of take that extra level um, of complexity and I suppose strategy if you want. And figure out which characters work together like mechanically uh because as i said some of the like more pre-existing groups like like the avengers is a good example um or x-men characters things like that if you have them together in your party then they will have bonuses um where they will like activate team like abilities and, and things like that or you'll get statistical bonuses for having them together so there's like that extra layer and then on top of all of that, in my opinion, this is both a plus and a minus in its own way, where each character has three additional costumes that you can unlock for them, right? Which is cool, and, and I like the fact that you have that ability to change their costumes if you want. The part that I I personally don't necessarily like about that, though, is that there are specific stat boosts that are associated to those costumes. So if you are 
a game player like myself where I am, let's say, sometimes overly concerned with uh, optimizing and min-maxing my characters, even if I'm playing on easy, I kind of get lost in the in the numbers a lot of the time. And to have a character that I really like, like let's say Wolverine, for example, and then have uh, an unlockable costume that I really want to use, like you know the the '90s X Men outfit, which is one of the costumes you can use in the game. Uh-huh. Each ca- costume I think had three different stat bonuses on it. And if that particular one didn't have like optimal stat bonuses, but like another one did, that to me was not fun because now I'm stuck in this like quandary of, well, I really want to play as 90s Uh X-Man, but also like I'm going to be running him at suboptimal stats and that's going to bug me the entire fucking time. Um, so this is something across the board. There have been other games that have done this where they attach stat boosts to cosmetic items. And if you're a game developer and you're listening to me right now, don't fucking do that. Okay. (laughs) Just, just don't do that. Cosmetics are fucking cosmetics. Leave them alone. If you want to do stat boosts and stuff, that's fine. You can do that elsewhere. But that, that's just my, that's my personal like problem with that. Uh, and see, I, I don't care about anything you just said. So, <laughs> well, great. <laughs> see, that's, I, these see, things keep me up at night, Chris. I, I'm okay. sure it does. Um, because if I just, if I wanted to play with a certain version or a certain costume for a certain character, I would just play it that way. Like it didn't bother me. The numbers game didn't really bother me. I would just learn how to play with that character better. Um, oh, it, it always bothers me. I would get good as the, as the uh, Souls players used to say, um, I would just yeah. But if you're using the correct combination of stats, you could get the best. But there is there is a mechanic of the game. I, I can't remember specifically, but if there is if you wanted to get everything for every character, you wouldn't be spending too much time with any one character in particular. Anyway, you would have to keep bouncing between characters if you wanted to unlock everything like a completionist. Which is kind of... Ah, which is another thing that really irritates me. Well, that's how I kind of played it, and I love that. Um, I love playing that way, and I'm not typically a completionist, so don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not the kind of person that just likes to unlock everything and get every nook and cranny for every fucking thing. But I played that game like a completionist. I wanted to unlock everything for every single costume, for every single character, and get every single mission. And I love that. I really enjoyed that. And it sounds like you did not. Well, no, it's not it's not the like completionist part that I don't like because I, I am I think I'm more that way than you are, um, actually, mm-hmm. in most cases. Like when when I play an Assassin's Creed game, like I am not done until I've like, you know, checked off every single damn thing on the map. Which makes so you insane. I'm it does, yeah, yeah. And, and that's fine. <laughs> I collected the hundred feathers in Assassin's Creed 2, and <laughs> I am not, not proud of it. <laughs> but, um, but I'm that kind of player, so that part doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that it's almost too much of a good thing. And what I mean by that is this game, as I said, has over 140 characters in it. Now, granted, that's not playable. That's just the cast in general. So playable characters is still more somewhere around between like 20 and 30, depending on what version of the game you have or or if you bought the DLC or, or whatever. But at base, you've got about 22. Okay, so that's 22 different characters where you can only have a team of four at any given time. That's cool that you have that much variety, but there's something about that that actually 
rubs me the wrong way where it actually feels overwhelming because I would rather if I had the option of having this huge cast of characters to choose from or having one set party that you then are able to customize the way you want, I would rather do that uh-huh. because I, and again, this all, this is all rooted in my like compulsion to need to figure out what the best thing is. And so I agonized over what my like party composition should be like, okay, do I pick these guys because they work well together and I get like this team bonus and like, you know, their stats complement each other. And is that like the optimal way to like construct my team or would this other one be better or should it be situational? Should I have like this guy for this certain fight or does that matter? That sounds and I, like a real personal problem. It, it absolutely is. <laughs> it 100% is. And so this, I'm not saying this is a fault of the game. Like I'm not saying like, Oh man, fuck them for including like 22 characters. Like that's awesome that you have that ability to choose. Um, this is more just a personal problem that I, I maybe I need to talk to somebody about, but, um, yeah. So that, that, that's the issue with me. Like I would have rather that they just gave me like four characters. Like if you told me that the first four characters you started that game with, which was like what Spider-Man, Thor, Wolverine and cap. If, if, if you told me these are the four you get to play as this whole game, you don't get to swap them out, but you have the ability to change out their costumes and like do that other stuff that the oh. game does let you do for all 22 characters. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, increasing their skills and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'd be okay with that. That'd be fine because I'm like, okay, I can focus. I know which characters I'm focusing on and I know what my goal is. But you know what game, having, you know what that's called? That's Final Fantasy V. Final Fantasy what? Five? Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. I guess that we, I know you're just trying to tell me that I, I need to play that game. Yeah, that's fine. But, but even then, isn't that like a job system where you swap out jobs for the same characters? Like, isn't that just the same problem, but like with a different skin on it? No. Mm, okay. You get four characters well, and you change their costumes and each costume has a different ability. They're Final Fantasy five. Great. Well, then maybe that's right up my fucking alley then. Cause I haven't played FF five yet, but that that I actually would have preferred that because I like I said I personally just get overwhelmed when there's so much choice. It's the same thing as like Path of Exile, man. Like, listen, people love Path of Exile, and for good reason. It's a really good Diablo style ARPG. It in in a in 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 a world where we don't have a lot of good ones of those necessarily, but the skill system in that game is fucking bananas. Like it. If you ever look, go Google sometime the skill tree system that's in Path of Exile, and it's just this spider web of shit. And at some point, providing that much choice to the player is just too much. Well, it and depends, so, like, like, I started playing that game for a while, and I just like, I was like, no, I'm out, I'm fucking out, it's, like it's, I can't do this. It's too much for players like you, who obsess yes. over doing everything, or obsess over doing it the right way. There, quote, there unquote, is no right there way. Is, there is no right way. You need to calm down. Listen, ev- everything has an optimal way of playing it. Okay, okay. you just got to figure out what it is. All right, I think uh, I think we've talked about this game actually pretty sufficiently. I, I I think this game is a good game. Of of course, once again, or else we would not be talking about this damn game. Um, I'm really excited for the third one coming out. 
Uh, I really hope they keep it much in line with what they did before. Maybe expand on it a little bit, but don't mess up the formula so much that it, it goes away from being pure dumb fun. And that's what I'm looking forward to in this upcoming game. Because the, the old one, it's not, it's not a perfect game. It's not a game that, you know, will go down in the annals of time as being a, a true masterpiece. But it's a game that if you bust out after all these years, you're going to still have a good time with it. You're going to enjoy yourself. And that's ultimately the point of a video game. Yeah. And, and to your earlier point, it is also an excellent couch co-op game for sure. And you can pick it up on Steam. Uh, yeah, although I would recommend not doing that. No, don't do that because it's completely no, buggy and terrible. It's a, it's a bad version of the game, so don't do that. <laughs> um, before we wrap this up, though, there is actually one more thing I wanted to touch on because I think it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, out of all of the various like places that you visit over the course of this game, what was your favorite? <sighs> I would have to just say the carnival. Even though it gets irritating. <laughs> I know it's not even okay, the best. Okay, so, so the same one. It's the one okay. that just sticks out the most. Like, I hated the fucking ice level. I didn't like that for some reason. Um, yeah. And then it just starts getting too hectic with some of the levels near the end. I thought the carnival was was balanced out enough. You see it a lot in the events, too. So it's it's what I remember. I would just say that's the one that, that, that that's the one I like the most. Okay. Well, that that's the same one I picked, actually. Oh. Um, so, yeah, Murder World is actually, like, the carnival area. So... Again, I guess, you know, whatever, spoilers for a 14-year-old game. But uh, at some point, you kind of get diverted into murder world in the game, even though you weren't intending to go there as part of the plot um, by Arcade, one of the villains. And yeah, I I think compared to the rest of the levels, even though it is cool to like, you know, go to some of these other somewhat iconic places in the MU or what have you, this murder world thing, it's just fun. Um, Mm -hmm. It's basically like a deranged carnival, like, like Chris said. So there's a lot of this. I felt like this was the place where the developers had the most fun with what they were doing. Cause there's some really cool shit in there. Like you get to play arcade games within the game. Like you play a version of pitfall. It just, just does anybody remember what pitfall is? I think they do. (laughs) I think we have that audience. Okay, well, you play Pitfall, um, you get to fight enemies, uh, clowns, by the way, inside of like a giant killer pinball machine. You have a whole like mini game section where you have to kill people with a bumper car. It's it's just it's a lot of fun. You actually end up gaining Blade as one of your um, one of your compatriots that you can then put into your party by rescuing him from like an oversized like claw game machine. Um, it's just that whole section is just like a lot of fun. So that's, that is by far my favorite. And if you haven't played the game, um, I would definitely, well, a, I would recommend playing it anyway, cause it's fun. But once you get to murder world, I think you're going to enjoy that piece, um, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that wraps it up for another episode. Uh, once again, thank you everybody for tuning in. I will have to say both myself and Shane uh, will be going to GAM, Games, Arts, and Music here in the Jacksonville area. That's going to be on August 17th. Uh, So we still have, as of the time of this episode coming out, about a month away from that. So if you're in the Jacksonville area, be sure to get your tickets. Uh, They've been on sale for quite a bit. So hope to see you there if you're a Jax listener. It's a great time. Definitely. Uh, You can also find us. It is. Yeah, it's a good time. Oh, yeah. Free beer for like an hour if you get the right ticket, too. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you get an Uber. Do, do people still Uber? Uh, I mean, I do, but I'm old, so I don't know. Okay. Additionally, you can find us uh, all over the internet at the social media sites, such as uh, Instagram and Facebook and the Twitters. 
Uh, we also have a Patreon, which is uh, bit.ly slash rhpatron or bit.ly slash r-h-b-p-a-t-r-o-n. Uh, you can also support us by going over to our merch store and uh, getting some cool merch, getting some cool swag. At, that will be at bit.ly bit.ly slash rhpmerch. Uh, so yeah, and if you do do that, then um, definitely uh, take take a photo of of the you know shirt or mug or whatever it is you buy and send it our way because it would be it's it's always cool to uh, to see our fans with our our cool swag. So we'll uh, we'll feature you on our on our social media. Absolutely, uh, and once again, also thank you to our two beautiful patrons. If there's more patrons uh, by the time this episode debuts, like we just said last week. Uh, like the episode two weeks ago, yeah, we we recorded this one right after that one. So uh, yeah. we don't exactly know what's going on in the world. One of us could be dead. Please, could be anything. No, I don't. Oh, we're not dead, but it, uh, okay. Now I'm getting <laughs> morbid. But um, thank you to you two. And uh, Shane right now is enjoying some nice uh, gefunkel fish, or is that only in Minnesota? It doesn't matter. He's over there in Scandinavia skiing on the Alps. What the fuck are you talking about? And. Uh, uh, doing no, doing I'm, stuff. I'm enjoying some like salty licorice candy because apparently that's like a delicacy over there yes. and it's probably probably gross but he, he's putting swedish meatballs in his mouth right now as you're listening to this just close your eyes and imagine shane with meatballs dripping greasy i mean i mean we could i, I mean we could do some like some asmr about that right now if you want some greasy meatballs with the juice <laughs> just coming out of his mouth he opens his mouth and there's there's the balls the balls mm, <laughs> balls but in any case okay well Shane. i just hit the microphone with my own damn head so i guess this episode's <laughs> probably about over <laughs> all right Shane, you have anything else to put out now nah, man fucking swedish meatballs mm. all right well anyway in, until next time play with your joysticks with your swedish meatballs underneath them <laughs>